all kinds of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. When I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations, my fellow Sky Watchers from all corners of the globe. We're back. Welcome to Sky Watchers Radio on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio Broadcasting live from New Logic Entertainment Studios in Miami, Florida. I'm Angel, the guy making all the noises in the background there. That's the other guy, live as always with us from a remote location. Where are you joining us tonight, other guy? The Mile High City of Denver, and I am just Uh completing a wonderfully, interestingly, and amazing show called The Big Industry Show, which is a hemp and medical and non-medical and recreational use marijuana convention for dispensaries and distributors and smoke shops and vape shops. So in other words, you've been spending some time today with a lot of happy people. Or this <laughs> yeah. That's the life, yes, man. Very That's much the so. life. And- I'm so envious. Jesus. Yeah, it, it was a very enlightening, interesting show. I had a great time. Met some really, really cool, fun, easy to deal with people. Easy to deal with is an understatement, obviously, based on the people that are at the show here. Uh, obviously, ha 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 on that one. Yep, 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 yep. So, now, did yeah. did any did, was there any like UFO related paraphernalia while you were out there? Yes, yes, yes. Because I know UF- ufology and yeah. pot smokers, we're like this man. We're intertwined. Would you oh, see yeah. out there? I, 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 I've seen everything from aliens on vaping product to uh, alien secret stash holders to giant uh, tie-dyed alien stuff. Um, it, yeah, there was definitely definitely some stuff, plus some obscene adult-oriented aliens mating season kind of uh, stuff. Nice. And I'm gotta, sure, and there are a couple get out of, to one of strains. These there are a couple of strains of uh, of uh, you know that they have some really cute names for you know you know they have the abducted strain uh, of pot that you could test out and smoke here. They, they, they've got all sorts of stuff. No one's like made I, an Area Fifty One flavor yet or strain yet, but I think that would be really really cool. You really should talk to somebody about that. That's a great idea. I know, isn't it? You know, <laughs> but you know, actually, I found a really cool company that makes e-juice liquid for cigarettes. You know, for vaping. Um, everybody here knows what vaping cigarettes are. It's out there already. But um, right. what someone made is all their vials look like eight test tubes with alien symbols on it, with different flavors. 
So nice. it was how, really, much really, retail, how much does that retail for? Um, a 10 milliliter with or without nicotine in it um, retails for about uh, 14.99 to 19.99, depending on where it is in the country. Wow. Yeah, I I was yeah. I was wondering if a smoke shop would do well at some of these uh, UFO congresses. You think? You know, I'm just wondering. The question is: Is will they say? Well, because you were under the influence, will people not move on, turn around, and say, "No, we don't believe you"? (laughs) Well, you see, they're all under the influence, and the UFO was really an airplane, but they, you know, they mistook it. It wasn't an airplane. It was two guys with two flashlights. That's what it was. It was mistooken. Mishtuken. Yes, okay. it was Mishtuken. Okay, so I'll take that one. You've, so you've had a very eventful eventful week. In other words. Yeah, actually, it was really great. I was really happy with it. Um, you know, it was worth it to be here. My my cousin uh, was, launched his new CBD product here at the show, and it went over oh, nice. really, really well. Um, what? Tell the audience about that. Yeah, because this is actually really, really interesting to me. Tell, tell the CBD audience. CBD is the health beneficial side of hemp and the marijuana plant. Right. This is not the stuff that gets you high, folks. Side, right. The THC side gets you high. This acts as an anti as a antioxidant, a muscle relaxer, a pain reliever, and there is so much medical records that support this. Um, so what makes ours different from all the others uh, that are selling CBD out there and why so many people placed orders for their shops is is that we have the highest potency level uh, on the market today at 350 milligrams. It's 100% American-made, not the Chinese junk. It's 100% natural and 100% organic. And we're the only one on the market that could be taken sublingually underneath the tongue. Okay. Be vaped in an e-cigarette or be added to any e-juice that you're already vaping with. Now, this stuff is legal all over the U.S. or in just... CBD is legal all throughout the United States. Everywhere, right? There are some, there are some counties in the United States that require you, God only knows why, when you're selling CBD liquid, you need a tobacco license. Don't ask me. I have no clue. They just want to figure out a way to tax the damn thing. That's bizarre. So, yeah, exactly. But CBD, because it is a non-THC, non-hallucinogenic with medical benefits, you know, it's legal anywhere, and we could ship it anywhere. Well, that's awesome news. And you know what? Moving on to the news segment of the show, we have to move on because we're going to be joined this uh, week, and Talking about the one and only Miss Nancy Burns is going to be here with us, and she's going to join us every week to talk news. And this week, there's been some uh, some big news, Mister oh. Allen Weiler. Did Did you see the video from the airplane yet? Well, bigger news. Oh, really? B- disclosure. Much disclosure. Kind of, sorta, but not the kinda, kind of sorta. disclosure you're thinking. Oh. In that not case, kind of sorta. To who? Well. Now, here's the thing. All right. Like I said, Nancy's going to be our, our weekly news correspondent on the show, okay? Right. And okay. for a few months now, I've been kind of holding Nancy back on, okay. some, on some stuff here, and we're going to get into that. So joining us now, the one, the only, Miss Nancy Burns of Future Theater Radio. Nancy, are you there? I am. How are you? I'm Can doing you fantastic. Me? I am wonderful, Nancy. How are you? 
Oh, Alan, Alan, I heard the beginning. <laughs> I heard what you were saying. Can you put, by the way, can you put... Please, please stop drooling. It, we it, want it some of this stuff now. Yeah, it's well, going up you, the microphone. Okay, stop you, drooling. Here, I mean, can you put the THC back in when the time comes? What do you mean, put the THC back you in know, where? Can you eventually... I can't stuff it back in the plant, no. Well, can you, you know... I understand about the medical stuff, and and you're talking right. to uh, an older person. And when you talk about anti-inflammation, and you talk about oh, that's right. Thanks oh. for reminding me. I forgot to mention one thing. Besides it being a CBD oil that you could vape, we've also come out with a CBD tea for the older people who do not smoke, and wow. we even have it in a Kerrig cup version as well ah. too. Well, you must be a very rich guy today because you must have sold everything that you can m- manufacture. It was more than a comfortable show is the answer that my accountant will let me in. Wow. Are you guys still taking investors? Because I'm trying to get Bill to invest. Uh, As a matter of fact, we're actually – I could definitely talk to you too about that. Absolutely. And I will put something else on the table as well too. What's that? In the, in the CBD realm, which we could talk about later on. Okay, and you know what? And we I have know a, we're I'm working s- with a pain cream that's in testing oh. right now. That is well, a top- I'm, speaking, I'm speaking for Angel also. I believe that samples would probably be a good thing, right, Angel? <laughs> that is a brilliant idea. This is yeah. why you're the new news correspondent on this show. Uh, thank Burns. you. Thank you. You're, you're a brilliant person. Brilliant. And you know, we, we had at one point a, a news correspondent on the show that didn't work out. Good friend Alejandro Rojas, you know, just didn't work out. I felt bad for you when, when you said I, that because, you know, you, know, you so guys sad. love the news. And, and I love you're Alejandro. The worst, you're the he, worst great news guy. reader. I'm the worst yeah. of the news. Yes, I agree. I'm, I'm terrible at the news, Nancy. I, agree. I mean, the thing is, you know, I'm not going to read it. I'm going to report it. That's what We're I gonna, do. That's what you do. That's where I now say, and, ooh. And that's, <laughs> and that's when I'll go, <laughs> anyway. But you're perfect for this news that, that just happened yeah. yesterday. Because, you know, for the last few months, I've been holding this lady back. I've been holding you back. I've been telling you, don't don't talk about this. Don't say Keep nothing. Keep her on a leash. Keep her on a leash. Stay off of this subject. Ixnay on the Arts Bailey, eh? Eh? Yeah. But oh, now yeah. it's oh, time. Oh, oh, It's time to uncage <laughs> Nancy Burns. <laughs> this is where we now go. <laughs> yeah, we need that effect. And, and also the... The opening the gate effect. You were going to do a, a getting yeah, thanks into the cage. Yeah, thanks for ruining Nancy. You just ruined the, the Oh, you didn't effect. do it? Did you do it? No, it's already been done, but you, you're talking ah. over it. So, yeah, that's a cue in radio when you, when they say stuff like that. Hold on, the effects. Are anyway, when somebody <laughs> says stuff like, hold on. Are you just supposed to stay quiet and be like, oh. We can't hear you do that, though. Yeah, but yeah. There's, there are cues. I'm giving you a cue. But you, you didn't. Just, I did. What yeah, but you, you don't you don't say on the radio. Yeah, he's gonna play a sound effect with music. Uh-huh. What was okay? What was the cue? Duh! So Wait, no, it's already done. It's already done. No, it's, already, know, it's a cool. It can't be it's a cool effect. You you ruined the effect. There was no point to a cue if the if you, if the cueer doesn't know what the cue, etc. Yeah, but Alan the whole point is, I'm, you know that I, I no, 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 because you both know that I can play sound effects that you can't hear. So I when know. I'm, I'm giving I you a cue. Then I'm going to play an effect. You should know that I'm not, what I'm saying. It's time to uncage Nancy Burns. That's, That's the key word. Uncage. Is it? I'm, I'm playing an uncaged sound effect. Yeah, How is that not the do, cue? You're going to do the oh. And then, of course, she, and then she's like, and oh, well, Alan, you know, he said that he, that he was going to play an, a sound effect with an uncaged sound. 
Don't tell the audience. If I could get you to play less than the audience will send me will send me thank you notes. Your sound I think I'm right on this one. Stupid. I think I I think I'm right on this one. Sound effect was brilliant. You ruined yeah. it. Completely I like emoticons it. and stickers. And so today, oh, by See, the way. It, okay. Emoticons and stickers, and we're talking about yeah. sound effects. Sound effects. Well, here's that's what I want to get, tell you. Here's one thing that will, that See, will make everybody happy, including you. Old people you, like myself can learn. And you know, I was like, teaching you for a reason. We're, there's a bigger story. Time here, on Facebook today, just finishing out a compliment to you that you're never going to hear. <sighs> that's true. Uh, anyway, Facebook, you know. I figure I can see the med- I can see the benefit of it. Whoa, lost Nancy Burns. Did we lose her? Okay, I, I'm huh? sure she'll ring back. Oh, oh the wait a minute, there she is. Oh, uh, see, th- this that's what what's happens. That's what happens when you derail the show. I'm just saying. So what? Are, am I on or am I off? <laughs> no, no you're, you're you've been on. I don't know if something happened. You're live. You're constantly live. Okay, so so here's the thing, guys. Go ahead. We can finally, finally. Who cares that now we can finally? It's it. Art Bell, Art Bell. This is his network, and he right. is in fact going to grace the airwaves right after your show. There, you guys are going to say, "Stay tuned for Art Bell." It's going to be real cash, and Art okay, Bell's I'm, uh, back to I'm the putting airwaves. A, I'm putting a call to like Alejandro Rojas, and I'm begging for an apology. Uh, oh, for God's know. sake! <laughs> You're begging him for an apology. Or you're no, no, I'm begging. Him? I'm begging him, and I'm apologizing for whatever he's mad at. Okay, me for. I'm going to come on. I'm going to come on next week with my own sound effects. I'll figure out how to do that. Yeah, news, Nancy. News. This is big time news. Art Bell yeah. finally announced he's making his return. I am yes. so looking. Forward I mean, to I've that. been holding you back for months on this. You've been like itching but and scratching is, to talk okay, about so this. People should know. People... Now here it is. Here it is. Okay, so, Art Bell's so returning. When you listen to Skywatchers, you need to realize that Skywatchers is um, is broadcasting on the dark matter the dark matter radio network. Derailed okay. right now, yeah. Good. And that network is owned by Art Bell or co-owned by Art Bell or some such thing. And there's an alliance. Wanna, we'll use that. Yeah. And if you want to be a fan and you want to have all the fun you can on these shows, you want to get to know who all the guests are and all that sort of thing and put your own two cents in, then you want to go and you want to check out a thing called Bell Gab and you want to join it, even though you won't be accepted right away. Just What does any of that got to do with the big announcement? Okay, I'm getting to it. See, you're an impatient, you're an impatient yes. young and man. And is there a confirmed date? I, ha- I have yes. ADD. Yes. There sort of is. Um, it's sort as of, confirmed okay. as art can make it toward the end of the month. So I would say the one of the last Mondays of July, probably. Okay. We could check right now. I can tell you what it's. Well, here's be. here's I right off right, hot off the presses, and nobody else is going to do this. Right yeah. off of artbell.com, after an extensive analysis and oh, elongated read. negotiations don't with read. hold on, let me read it. With several <laughs> suitors, we've decided that we uh. can go ahead. On the planned launch of the Midnight in the Desert in in yeah, late yeah, July. Yeah, that's what we said. Exactly, using the business model that will allow us to manage the entire operation on our own. In other words, he's going to do it himself. He's he Correct. says it's going to cost you five dollars if you want to help out and listen to the archives or right. You know, but even if you're poor, and this is very important, you'll be able to listen to it live um, at ten uh, at midnight. Midnight in the Desert, uh, on the Dark Matter Radio Network. So just simply, since you're already on the network right now, uh, that's the only way you could hear this, pretty much, um, bookmark it. Don't go away, though, until July. 
okay? Because oh, no, we have all kinds don't. of really cool shows on. This is one of them. And uh, I, I think Keith has filled all of the 10 o'clock slots pretty much um, with live shows. And I think uh, Morton Wills was live before your show. So, you know, they were asking on Bell. Okay, they didn't like Dark Matter very much on Bell Gab. So I'm not, I'm not saying go to Bell Gab and, oh, you know, Enjoy so all great. The fun. So they don't like. So they don't like us. So let's promote them. That's a but great no, no, no. Idea. But here's why. That's the only place on the planet beside Facebook where Art Bell actually posts. So if you want to know what he's thinking right now, like for Hold example, on. Alan, tonight, Alan, if you're not speaking, oh. mute thyself, Alan. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I'll, I'll, no. Because right I'll, now there's I'll, a ruckus going on. There's potheads dropping to. things on. I just. But is yeah, Alan when you're ready to chime right in? Now? He probably no, is. no. I I am not actually because I've got a. I was here to do business. Not to get high, but thanks for asking, though. I really well, don't appreciate you think that. You could do, don't you think you could do deeper, better business if you were high? No, because when you're too high or high, period, you can't really focus on the business that you really need to. Yeah, but what, because, if, what if you go to another – what if everybody else is high and the only people who are doing the serious business are themselves on that same plateau? Oh. See, but all everybody that was here are people in the industry. They're not – you know, attendees and, you know, retail. This was all a wholesale event. So all of us ah. were here talking business, making sure. Well, are you, was... uh, did you see much of big pharma by the way? I'm sorry. Did you see a not, lot of big pharma? Not really. Not really. Big pharma really doesn't come out to these events because they don't sell to the head shops and things like that. You don't have Pfizer walking in here because they actually don't deal with this. But I will tell you this. We had a lot of growers here that own thousands and thousands of acres that wow. grow and wow. i was so impressed wow really, really? I, yeah it, it was really impressive and there's another event coming up in atlantic city uh in may that we're going to probably be at as well Ooh, uh, wait the same thing a cannabis thing yes but new jersey is only strict medical and it's really really strict correct uh but it's still okay well hey well maybe we'll try to meet you there absolutely i would love to see you two there i'll yeah. get you passes you know i'll make you guys work the booth how about that oh that would be so much fun I, I love to work booths. I love to work booths. I'll try to. I'll try to get my. Um, I showed um, Angel a picture of me when I was a young person, holding what? up a dead a fish. Ten years ago, somewhere about that. Five years no. ago. Only five years ago. Only five. Actually, years Actually, Angel, yeah. that was about 40, 40 years ago. I wow. wasn't even born when I she took that. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, so, so 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 the big news in UFO Dome is that Art Bell is restarting his show. He's working with Keith. He's working with Dr. J. He's on the Dark Matter Radio Network. I believe, and I want to state for the record, that if these guys need help, Angel is a really good resource. Just Hold ask on, and Angel. You forgot you forgot producer Paul, I think is his name, who's actually uh, helping also. That's true. I don't know anything about producer Paul. Period. That's his name, Zero. though, producer Paul, right? Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, just, sure look, I'm, I'm just excited okay. that Art's coming back and he's going to be on yeah, the network. I mean, he, I mean that's he's, exciting. He's an amazing too. guy. You know, yep. this guy, he's got the voice that oh, everybody sexy. recognizes sexy. from the shows. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, look, and, and, and let, never, let's be, yeah. look, let's be honest. Most of everybody who does these kind of shows started doing it because of Art Bell. Because of Art Bell, absolutely. Yeah. Period. I mean, now, here's the question. The is, he gonna get, is he going to get to AM radio or is he going to be no. – in, no. Inside Pandora or any or iHeart Radio yes. or any of well, those. Well, well, yes, yeah, the latter, but not via yeah. AM. He's going to be right. on all those things, but via digital. 
correct. Excellent. I am so I am so looking forward to it, and maybe hopefully all of us being a part of it. Well, see, the thing is, that's the reason I mentioned Belgab is he's literally deputizing folks who want to help him try to keep the piracy down because that's a big thing, I guess. Yep. Um, I don't know much. Well, about especially it, if they're going to have the membership area where you, exactly. you know the five dollar exactly. membership area. If you're going to do yeah. something like that, you definitely have to you know try to fight the piracy issue, which has always been a problem with Art Bell, especially when he was doing the Dark Matter yeah. show on Sirius. I mean, that was a major issue back then. Look, was those uh, those archives are still on YouTube. I mean, they, right. they are hard and to he, remove. And so. he doesn't own any of those. And and he, he will doesn't, own no. he will own the new ones. You say correct? Yeah. Yeah, but look, it's, only, important- it's only it's only five bucks. Also, I mean, think about yeah. this: there's going to be a lot of content and stuff in there, which only if you're in, in a member's area of the site you'll be able to view. I'm sure. Okay, so go I, to like- uh, Angel. Go to the Skype thing, and I put this really cute cartoon that I took off of it, uh, Belgab. Uh-huh. It says, "Take my money, Art." Go look at that and put that up on, if you can. Oh, um, let me guess. Yeah. That's from uh, Futurama. No, no, no. It's from the Little Rascals. Oh, okay, because there's one from Futurama oh. has the guy holding the cash. Just yeah, take my is, money, man. Okay, but look at this. This is an animated GIF or GIF. GIF? Which is it? GIF or GIF? <laughs> Did you guys ever decide? I think it's GIF. Uh, I don't I'm going know. I'm with GIF <laughs> Other guy? No. Uh, yeah. I, I, can I buy a vowel? I got no clue. So it says take my money, Art, and the kid's throwing money at the it, – it's adorable. And that's really what's going to happen. Um Art is going to be able to play the music he wants to play because of a awesome. thing called TuneIn, which we're already part of, like SoundCloud. Well, is that official? I don't know if that's an official thing, though, Nancy, so I don't want to name drop any companies until hmm. that part of it is official. Is it so, on the announcement? Let's see. But here. look, Dark Matter, PSN Radio, we're all on TuneIn, so oh, yeah. you know, we're all on there. I don't know exactly what the agreement is, so I don't want to get into any logistics of it, but I'll tell you this much. Uh, whatever is happening, it's going to be really cool to see you know Art come back full force. He wanted to have his music; he's going to get Art his in music. Action. Yeah. yeah, it's it's going to be the entire Art Bell experience, which is you know in itself yeah. just great to, to be able to witness once again. And he's excited to come back. You know, he's doing what he has to do to come back and and put on a good show because he knows that you know he is missed. Yeah, in this, in, and especially at the midnight hour, which again that that name Midnight in the Desert is so perfect. I know. Well, and of course, you you well, know the whole story of the ending song, which is the most one of the most poignant songs you'll ever want to hear, the Crystal Gale song. Yeah, that, that's the name of the song, Midnight in the Desert. Oh, yeah, because yeah, that, that's the title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's got it's wonderful, and I guess um, she's given art like lifetime use of it, which of is cool. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't use that name originally instead of Dark Matter. Well, you know. It, uh, dark matter puts a smile on my face for very personal reasons, um, which I can explain off off air. Off air, yeah, yeah. yeah. Off air. I, I know and, why, but off air. <laughs> okay, and so, and I think you know, I think as uh, I'm sure Keith has had a hand in the name because it's beautiful. You can always do a beautiful uh, layout, you know, once you've got that background. So maybe Keith had a yep. hand because it's graphic. It's something no, you can remember. I'll tell you what, I was checking out the Dark Matter page a couple of days ago. I was going through the uh, the site, and I went through the uh, you know arts be- website and stuff, and I noticed one thing where you go to their Cafe Press, it's the same website. They they designed it so it matches exactly you know, with oh, the really? Cafe Press. Yeah. Really? I mean, it's yeah, really, really well integrated. Because you, Cafe Press, you can't really modify it that hmm. much. You know, they're set designs. Uh, so the way they design all the other stuff, it really fits in perfectly to what hmm. they're doing there. So it's really well, well done. yeah. I mean, there will be swag guys there. I mean, there, and then of course there's gonna. Uh, you're talking about the Dark Matter Cafe Press. 
Or the Midnight in the Desert Cafe Press. You know, well, you look, if you go to artbill.com, right, and you click on uh, Arts Parts. Right, Arts Parts. Yeah, right, and you'll yep. notice that it's the same kind of design all the way through, even on the Dark Matter pages. Oh, I'll have kind to of check design. that out. That would be Keith's doing. And that's really cool. You can go there right now and uh, buy a Dark Matter hat, a T-shirt, a nice mug, some pins or mouse pads, you know, some stickers. Honk if you listen to Art Bell. By the way, I'm buying two of those tonight. I like that. Honk if you listen to Art Bell. I'm going to start rocking those. I'm gonna, that's going to be my new well, swag see, that's here the, the reason I brought up <laughs> Belgab, you, you yell, but see, Belgab is where Art Bell believes. Oh, no, He's I love, going to don't, be don't get me wrong. I like, I like Belgab. I'm not yelling because of, you know, I don't yeah, like but he, but Art Bell's planning on actually telling the the minions when to go out and start to spread the word. He's gonna, you know, just like you holding me back. He's holding everybody back, saying not yet, not yet. But I believe we're getting on to what two months away, the three months away. So it's getting right. close. Yeah, Speaking I mean, look, of, it's almost it's April's almost over. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's uh, yes. the fifteenth, halfway through. <laughs> Speaking of being held back, how, how hard has it been for you to not speak about this on the show? Because I know that I've been... Oh, it's uh, been driving know. me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and every crazy. time you bring it up, I, I jump in and I'm like, stop, don't, nah. Well, because I have a fantasy that Art Ooh, Bell listens okay. to Oh, there the we go. Show. Now, now we're getting somewhere. Sorry, I had to do that. She's got <laughs> yeah. a fantasy. Ooh, tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah, well, I, I I think everybody who does radio has the same fantasy. It's uh, you believe that art is listening rapidly to, do TV. to your, yeah. Don't you think that though? <laughs> when you're talking about, like for example, Art Bell is my age, a little younger, I believe, actually, um, and a lot of people are giving him advice for his back and advice for how to stay on the planet longer and stuff. And I feel like I have some advice also, and I feel like oh, I he's I want him to listen to our. Our words, so that we can shape a really, a really healthy Art Bell. That will we can prop him in the chair, and he does radio into the what into twenty twenty or something. I'm afraid that to find sense. out what he thinks of uh, our show here on Skywatchers Radio. See, he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, I, I have I'm, a feeling, uh, sadly, probably, you know, probably never heard us, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's one of the harsh realities you come to find out. I'm sure Alan knows his yeah. business. You think you? That's you, how I feel right there. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah, it's harsh, but it's the truth. But listen, I did bring some real news besides some UFO news. Oh, yeah. Um, All right, about time. What else is going on in the world? Yeah, I took my job seriously. Now, remember, I'm going (laughs) to... Well, you are the news correspondent now, Nancy, so this is a serious gig. It's semi-official. Okay, now, if you want me to read it, I will, but I'm not really wanting to. Um, But I'm bringing... Give us a little bit of both. Half and half. Uh, okay, I'll slip into reading if you get scared. Okay, but other guy, mute yourself. There's like a UFO conference going on back there. I don't know what's going on with the aliens. Oh, who, me? Yeah, you. Well, I'll mute it. Guy. All right, I'm going on mute. Okay, go on mute. Nancy, the floor is yours. I love the what sounds of it, though. I just think it's it's people clicking their bongs together, for God's sake. That's anyway, true. That's, so here's, the, here's well, the important news. And, and even though Alan is muted, I want Alan to join in when, because this is an irresistible story that you guys are just going to love. And that is, now that Hillary Clinton has announced her candidacy, okay, there's actually an article in Mother Jones right now, April 3rd. And by the way, I got this from uh, not Alejandro, but from Open Minds, uh, that, uh, that space on Facebook. So I... Okay. Tip my hat to Facebook. Tip my hat to Earl Bruce Knapp. And this is the story of Mother Jones. Now, this is um, – everybody is revisiting a couple of interesting things about Hillary and Bill Clinton. 
Okay. Now, do you know about this? Do you know about the picture of Hillary with Lawrence Rockefeller? And I think this is, I want to know if Alan knows this too, where she's holding a book under her arms and they're walking on a little uh, 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 bridge out nope. in the country. I've never seen it. No. Never seen it. No. Okay. They're at his, you're at his Wyoming ranch, Lawrence Rockefeller. And I will just drag the picture over and again, give it to, it's Angel's got it in Skype. And if you can, you know, Google it up to Facebook, then folks will have it. And I'm not tweeting as we speak. But anyway, this picture is very famous. And this oh, gave yeah. everybody I'm, I see it here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet this out, by the way. If you guys okay. want to see it, go to Skywatcher's show on Twitter, and I'm going to tweet it out right now. And see, I'm going through, just as an aside, um, kind of a weird period of my life right now with Hillary running because, again <laughs> – I believe that Hillary is a month or so older than me, or I'm a month or so older than she is. But here she is in 1995, looking like a younger person. So that's, you know, kind of freaky. This picture put the UFO field on the map for a lot of people. Okay, the book she's holding, I should have done more homework. Um, <laughs> not sure what book it is, I can find out for you. But it's a big deal UFO it's the book. the Project Blue Book. No, I don't think it, well, is. it is a blue book, though. It looks blue. Yeah, but so kind anyway, of. so he gives this to her and she's carrying it around. Now, whether this woman ever read the book, I don't know. But the second little thing that's making everybody crazy is the fact that Podesta is her going to be her campaign person. Okay. Do you know who he is? Of course. Mr. He, yeah, he, he believes in aliens and he believes that. Uh, there should be a disclosure, I guess, and uh, the, you know more than we're leading. Well, on. he's put his money where his mouth is because, for example, this is going to be an exciting time for Podesta. And what's his first name? John. John Podesta. John uh, Podesta. Yes, ma'am. Okay. He actually has tried to get um, disclosure or whatever you want to call it you know, on the table, and let's find out what we all know. But he was a crazy X-Files fanatic, okay? Who and was it? as you know the X-Files are coming back, and supposedly yeah. – Yeah, we more than know about that. Yes, and also here's, here's an I'm counting the tidbit. days. I got calendars on my wall counting the days yeah. in Texas. Agreed. Now, here's an insider tidbit. Uh, there's a really great guy named Grant Cameron, and he's been on the show of uh, yep. Future Theater, Normal. and you should get him on. He's great. He's a good researcher. Yep. Yeah, he is. Fed him on. And he's he, good. Yeah, he's trying to get the re- to release records of the uh, the Clintons giving a party – an X-Files theme party for Podesta when he turned 50. And supposedly they're in costume as Mulder and Scully. You see? Nice. I want those photos. Oh, I yes. want those photos. Yeah. 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 I want to have an X-Files themed wedding if I ever get married. Ah. You cool, could huh? have, and then you could have, the, your best man could be like the slime guy. Or the, um. Instead of the, like the wedding song when you're walking down guy. the aisle, it'll be the song from the X-Files theme. Yeah. Huh? Go away, run away, run away. So, <laughs> so that's my true news. That um, and, and and it's not so much that it's old news repackaged. It's repackaged from Mother Jones, which still has a bit of clout, I guess. But sadly, it it uses Stephen Bassett. It uses Michael Sala um, as its uh, tent poles, as as they say. You know, saying these are the guys that you want to talk to in the UFO field, and. Right. People listening to the show know that's not the case. There are other people in the field who are even more profoundly connected than just Michael Sala and Steve Bassett. And 
that. I will, that. I will say the, this, though. When it comes to disclosure, Steve Bassett is the one guy that comes to everybody's mind immediately because he's been, without a doubt, the most vocal. Well, let me, let me suggest this. Um, Steve Bassett is kind of a born lobbyist, I of think. Of course. He should, he, he he should just, like, run for, like, office. Yes. He really should. Yeah. And, and I think if, I'd you vote know, for him. But I can tell you one thing. Um, in researching this little story, in, in, and I did forget to look up the book, and, you know, I apologize to anybody who wants to know what book she's carrying. But I did oh, read. Oh, I, I tweeted out it's uh, How to Serve Ben. It's not. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. He's you an know, alien, that guy. You know why you just shouldn't do that? Because the um, the person none of us like in radio made a point of always talking about that. So you have to stop saying that. You know, the person there's, we don't like. There's so many so people many. I don't like, Nancy. you got to be a little bit more clear. Like, Skype me and give me a hint. I know, I Can know. I buy a vowel? Can I get a clue? Well, you know, and, and, and although it's not news news yet, we talked on our show last week. Uh, a couple of days ago of right. uh, doing a show with Lush and Lush and I are psyched on it and talking back and forth, you know, animatedly. So, you know, it, it's funny. She's psychic, right? That's, yes. That's, that's, that's the, the, the claim, right? She told uh, me in an email and I think I can, it's okay if I say this. She, she says sure. she can see the future and she knows the show is already going to be. So, well, here's my question. Did she know that you were going to, and her are going to, we're going to start talking about doing a show. Did she know about that? Uh, she didn't say the, she did. Going into the going to the show yesterday because if she can see the future, she should have seen that coming. Right, I know you can say that, but here's the weird part. I have to. Oh, okay, I'll <laughs> tell you a spooky story. I'll tell you. A spooky she should have just called you like a few months ago and been like, "Nancy, get ready. In a few months, we're going to be doing a show. Just start getting ready for it." Yeah, I see the future. No, I've been I've been kind of thinking about it, um, but she's enthusiastic and fun to talk to, and she's always in the chat when your shows are on and she's great that way she's a really she's a, kind of like a ringleader in chat she gets the, the chat going and talks to people and she always makes the show more exciting even through chat so that's kind of one of the reasons you know I wanted to think about this but here's here's the weirdest thing that happened today and I have not been able to tell Lasha this and this is so weirdly funny but I did but Bill knows about it because Lasha and I are trying to come up with a title for this thing, and she doesn't want to do anything with witches because she wants to put a positive spin on uh, femaleness, okay? And so I had this idea of Bella something because I, cause she wants, wants to also give a nod Bella to our girl. Nope. No, Bella Gab. Oh. Bella Gab. Oh. That's what it's going to be. And I'll tell you, I haven't told Lasha this yet. Here's the weird thing. I went to Bell Gab tonight. And I took a screen grab of this because it's beyond belief. At the top of Bell Gap, at the top of the forum, they put a phrase or a sentence or something that they think is cool for like 10 minutes or 10 days. And people compete to get that. Do you have a choice top. of 10 minutes or 10 days? No, it's, it's like until the, until the um, owner, his name is MV, Michael Van Heven, I think. He's a radio Would they get mad if, if you use, I mean, Bella Gab? No, 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 Gabba. but here's the thing. It's pretty close. But here's the thing. Um, somebody posted uh, something about Bella Gab was like, um, I don't know. I, I'll find it right now. I'll give you the exact quote. But somebody mentions the name Bella Gab. It was mistyped into Google was the okay. point of it. And, okay. uh, well, yeah, that's, you bring up a good point. You're, you're, you, um, you look at the negative for sure. Of course. I'm cute. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. yeah. So, so <laughs> that's, where, that's where we are on that little thing. Should you, should you be? So I think you you and her should do a, a show. I think it'll be 
a fun show. I mean, there'll definitely be no room for me talking. Yeah, but but the fun part is None. you're there. You're there getting scareder and scareder because you never I'll be, know. I'll be muted most of the time, and then <laughs> once in a while I'll come on and be like, hey, hi, how's it going? But see, you're going to be the other guy then. Yes, unfortunately, I will take the role of the other guy. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Alan, about me taking Finally! Finally! Because <laughs> you are crowned the other guy. I mean, you're the other guy. That's right. It's a, it's an important slot. I'm not just, just, not just anybody. See that? You're an important slot. I feel yeah. so special now. Guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. We're going to be back with more Nancy Burns and more news. No, no, no. I thought you were going to get rid of me. Well, no, we're going to get rid of you in a little bit. Hold on. Stay, okay. stay around. Stick around. Okay. Hold on. When we come back, we're going to have more Nancy Burns. After that, when we go on our second break later and we come back from that break, we got Scotty Roberts who's going to join us. And ah, he's like going to be Scotty. on for the full hour, nonstop. In fact, this is new on the show. The, the second hour of the show is going to be nonstop and uncut, one full hour with our guest. And tonight we have Scotty Roberts. He's awesome. He's been nice. on a few times, and he's a really, really uh, exciting guest to have on the show. So yep. stick around. We're going to be right back on Skywatchers Radio right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. No longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. This is James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth-oriented discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network live at 8 p.m. Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly, and CapricornMembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic. Truth is truth. The UFO phenomenon, either we like it or not, is already very much part of our reality. I've been on panels with uh, military people who, you know, claim that they've seen the aliens buzzing our missile silos. They have very large eyes, and, you know, I found their stare extremely difficult to bear. This is Martin Willis, the host of Podcast UFO, and we are here on the Dark Matter Radio Network every Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is my commitment to bring you an entertaining weekly show that takes a hard look at the UFO phenomena. Are they extraterrestrial? Well, are they interdimensional? Are they time travelers or something we have not even thought of yet? We explore these questions with interesting guests and witnesses from all around the globe. In addition, we bring you weekly UFO news with Open Minds TV, Alejandro Rojas. Thank you for listening, and remember, 
Keep your eyes to the sky. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the man of and more. SupermanHomePage.com Hello, my name is Howard Hughes, and I'm in London, and I've been proud to bear this name all my life. Over here in the UK, I'm known as a broadcast journalist. I've been involved in some of the big stories of our time. The fall of the Berlin Wall. The death of Princess Diana. I told London about that. And on the first and second anniversaries of 9-11, I was there at Ground Zero, speaking to the people who were directly involved and those experiences I will never forget. So news is my thing. But my great love is my show, the one that I produce, The Unexplained. Over the years on this show, I've spoken to people like the late Al Bielik from the Philadelphia Experiment, Edgar Mitchell, the amazing Apollo astronaut, Dr. Stephen Greer, David Icke, and Uri Geller. People like Richard C. Hoagland have become personal friends over the years. I met him in London. So you can see that these sort of topics are what I like to discuss. Please join me on my show from London, The Unexplained, Monday nights on the Dark Matter Network. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. I'm Ryan Gable, host of the Secret Teachings Radio Show. I always attempt to bring you the best information that I possibly can on all sides of each and every story, from current events to ancient history to philosophy, symbolism, the paranormal, comparative religions, the occult, alternative science, and much more. There is not a single topic that we do not cover in relation to the unexplained and the misunderstood. I am not here to tell you what I say is truth, but to allow you to decide for yourself based on the evidence presented and the dots connected. There is no such thing as negative or positive. These are dimensional characteristics that we view through our perceptions. To catch my show, The Secret Teachings, we air every Saturday on the Dark Matter Radio Network at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. You can also listen on thesecretteachings.info for a free show archive of all of our past episodes. Try as you might, but no amount of disinformation, propaganda, rhetoric, or trolling on the internet will change the truth. The truth is the truth, regardless if the mass is accepted as is or if it is accepted by only one out of billions. For more information, you can again visit thesecretteachings.info. I'm Ryan Gable. Namaste. And we're back live on Skywatchers Radio right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. If you want to call in, you can join us by calling in at 786-245-8127. That's uh, 786-245-8127. Now, Nancy is going to, like I said, join us every week here as our news correspondent. But this is the only time we're going to ask you to stay on 
for the okay. second part of the first hour. I mean, you could always stay on if you want, obviously. You're Nancy Burns. I appreciate that, but everybody hates the interruption, so they'll be so happy when I leave. It'll make your show that much better. Try not interrupt any time I can. Yeah, exactly. But here we go, here we go. Check this out. The reason I wanted to have you stay on, okay, is because, as a lot of you know, we're, we're doing now, um, this hour we do the, the blast through the A-hole, and uh, we have questions uh, dealing with you, Nancy Burns. And uh, there's a, a question in there that has directly to do with you. So without any further delay, because, you know, we have Scotty Roberts on and at the second hour here. So uh, let's uh, get on with the segment. And it's now, messages through the A-hole. All right. Oh, okay. Here we go. All right. So that was a For- cue, right? Oh, here we go with Nancy again. Just go with the flow, Nancy. Go with the flow. Here we go. Okay. <clears throat> First question from Billy. Huh. Billy, huh? Nancy Burns is fantastic. She should do a show on her own. Would you consider such a thing, Nancy? I would. I would. And and why is that? Why is that? When I really, really shouldn't even be doing one show. But I think it's Angel makes it so much fun. So wouldn't it be fun to do another show, Angel? I think you should do your own talk show. Yeah. On video. Ah, video. Yes. Video. I wouldn't mind that, but I'm old now, so you don't want to have too much old people on. I'd have to put a filter on, a youthful filter. Well, there you go, Billy. And I, I don't know, I'm, I'm suspect on this one. Billy says you're fantastic. Yeah, well, I have a lot of, a lot of Bills have liked me all my life. You know, I have a lot of, a lot of old boyfriend's name How Bill. is that track record? How long is the list? It's pretty long, actually. My very first boyfriend, uh, the first boy with glasses I ever kissed, uh, my first husband, my second husband. Yeah, there's a lot. My son. Long story. And, See, I call, I call yeah. my first husband Dave, but his real name is William. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's weird. What was it? Lasha kept calling him Jim? She calls him Jim, yeah. He's and a gym. From he doesn't on, seem gym. like a gym to me. He's really not at all. No, way more exotic than a gym. But hey, you know. Well, you try. Well, unless his middle name is Tiberius, I guess you're right. <sighs> and, and, uh-huh. Last name. Sorry, Kirk. I had to do that. Last name Kirk. So there you go, Billy. That's your answer. That's your one blast through the a hole. And now the second question comes from Mario, who wants to know why is it that Seti hasn't found anything after so long of looking. Good grammar there, by the way, Mario. Um, that's a good question. Uh, it's I don't know, a stupid you know, question. Because no, it is. I mean, it's it, a good it is question, a good question. But, but, but the answer is because they're looking in the wrong place, and they're looking for the wrong thing. Why would if, – if even Art Bell isn't going to be on AM radio, why are they looking for radio waves? Hmm? Well, here's the thing. It's not – well, yes, I get what you're saying. It, 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 look, it, it's not that they're looking in the wrong place. You hit it on the head, though. It is they're looking with the wrong technology. They're looking in the wrong spectrum. They're looking at radio waves. Right. They're looking in the right places. They're just using the wrong technology and tools to look in that direction. So what, that's the reason why they haven't found anything, and they're never going to find something. You know what they might find in a few years? Uh, a signal that we sent into space that reverberated somewhere reverberated. and came back around. And just came back yeah. around and said, hello, we're humans, we're here on Earth. Oh, wait a second, that's us. That's what they're going to find maybe in 10, 15 years, if, any, if anything. Uh, uh, look, if there's a race of beings out there that are millions of years more advanced than us, they're not using radio waves. Yeah, but what if, and, and you guys have to prepare yourself for this, because the reason that 
I like talking to Lasha so much is because she's one of these people who suggests that this phenomenon, this UFO phenomenon, is way weirder even than little men from outer space. What if it's beings that reside right here on the planet with us? We, they're just Inside one the onion. Earth, if you believe the hollow earth theory. Yeah. Or, or one onion skin away in, um, what would you call it, vibration. You know, change your vibration, suddenly you're seeing them. Um, there's a lot of evidence to that, but the evidence is very rotten to the core because it seems to come from drug use. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's when you when, get into the DMT talk and uh, exactly. ayahuasca and all that stuff. Which, look, I've never done ayahuasca or DMT, and no. I know folks who have done both. And right. they've, you know, and look, different people at different times, they don't know each other, have had trips on Absolutely. ayahuasca. And they've told me very similar things. I mean, they've had yeah. very similar visions. They both saw the little uh, guys with the hats on. I mean, that's that's a common thing that some people yeah. see. And that in itself, I saw the little guys kind of with trippy. the hats, with hats on. With hats? I saw yeah. those little guys. It's like with little grays on. with a hat on. Yeah, it's weird. Well, right. you, you saw that, Nancy? Also, it's so weird. When I was little, five or six, when my parents were still together, and they weren't, you know, they were a very unusual couple at the end of World War II. Uh, my father was 100% Latvian and my mother was 100% Italian. And if you know anything about those two nationalities, they're strangely uh, attracted to each other, I guess. So my parents were still sleeping together in the same bed. And I woke up, I saw all these little men in the room. I could see their shadows on the wall. I could see them and they were wearing what I thought were top hats. They were little. And I ran and got into my parents' bed and climbed between the two of them, and they were both naked. I remember that very clearly, because you don't expect your parents to be naked, I guess. And so, yeah, so I had that, too. And I think to myself, I bet these aliens check all the kids out, you know, who's naughty, who's nice, and the kids who freak out too much or who run to their like parents Santa. to talk. Yeah, yeah, and, and they they choose not to ever bother with me again, you know. So, but I, I remembered that that memory when I was reading Whitley Strieber's book. His, Whitley Strieber's mm. book was very f- freaky. Yeah. It was, yeah. So, yeah. Extremely. Yeah. So anyway, so that's 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 that. Yeah. That's that. That's that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Mario, there you go. That is that. <laughs> now, moving on to the next uh, question here. The next message through the a-hole, is, it comes from Peter. And Peter wants to know uh, about Alan. He says, Alan, do you think pot is an alien plant like uh was it left here by aliens since it's got properties not found Good on any other question. plant on earth since yeah. you're our expert pot resident yeah. expert here, so. well if you really want to look at the panspermia theory and different types of organisms and life that are coming from other fla- planets from meteor strikes and things skipping off of one planet to the other like you toss a rock across the water and it skips, maybe a meteoroid skipped and hit one planet, then hit another one. It's an interesting theory, but there are too many. There's nothing unusual in the DNA strands. Yeah, but here's the, the thing, compos- Alan. And the Alan, chemical composition. Alan, it's, an, it's a known fact that mushroom spores can go through outer space, the deepest of space, and live. So most people think that all the mushrooms are coming panspermia wise. Yeah, Just- but I, I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, it's, it's a great question. I mean, the, o- 
I can't believe that pot or anything that is currently growing on this planet, unless there's another carbon-based, you know, plant or something in some other system. Except, I mean, except yeah. let me let me ask you a real quick question. If you've ever smoked pot, you know that it's supposed to play with your brain. And what? Right. Why would plants be put on the earth to interact with the human brain? What? What's the purpose well, that of that? Well, that could just be a that could well, be a coincidental side brain. effect. It'll work no, on that could be, brains. It'll no, work no, no, no. But hold on, hold on. But that's an accidental side effect. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I if don't you think smoke it's a side effect, Angel. Yeah, I think no, it's it the effect. Be. I don't think it's a. Here's why: you don't eat. You know, people don't eat marijuana. Um, they don't. Yeah, they do. Well, well, you know what I'm saying. It's not really a side effect. It's not like a delicious, a delicious baked potato. Oh, I don't potato. know. It, it can be, it can be pretty delicious when it's chocolatey. I'm just saying. Uh, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, you don't eat uh, marijuana um, for the flavor, and you don't eat it for the vitamin C or whatever. Um, the <laughs> well, that THC in it. I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, but you guys, the THC. That's for sure. Yeah. But that's right. the purpose of the plant, and the purpose of THC is to one. is to deal deal with your brain why would there be a plant on god's green earth that that strokes the human brain it's too exciting it's too exciting hmm. i feel if it's not alien it's certainly uh, it might have been sweet. engineered maybe it might have been uh it might be genetically spliced it might have been an, originally some cross-pollination but coming from off-world I'm not sold on that answer. I'm sorry. I just yeah. I, I can see it. it happening. I can see like the tall grays or the tall you know Nordics coming down and saying, you know what, we have to smoke some of our home world True. plants. And they, just plant, they, they just plant. They just plant. They just hold on. Hold on. Hold on. They, hold on. Hold on. And they just are a ancient colony. Let me that yeah. Comes but let me finish my thought us. before you interrupt. Let me finish my thought for a second. Let's just say they. Let's just say they planted a field of pot, right? And it was great. They brought it to Earth, and then, like you know, the stories go, they decided to leave, and they left a nice field for the natives. And the natives one day went by, and some of it got on fire somehow. And they're like, "Wow, this feels really good when it's on fire. Let's cultivate some of this stuff." And then you know, that's how it just ended up here. Permanently. Yeah, but you're not looking at the deeper question: How does the plant itself? But mine is start- more fun. But how does the plant itself start to interact with the human brain? And also think about this. When plants, I don't know how does any plant we ingest, like I don't know, a uh, salad, interact with our stomach. Same thing. But the brain is special. That's, that's completely special. Special. You can smoke. We pot. ingest it in one way or another. This one happens to have some side effects. Yeah, but anything. No, you I eat, don't think it's a side effect. Di- guys. Anything you eat, you digest, and it's going to have a side effect. But look, we're running out of time here. We only have a few more minutes before we have to go on break. And of course, well, we have Scott Allen Roberts. Uh, oh, so yeah. this is yeah. So there you go, Peter. That's the best you're going to get on that question. It's a, an amazing question, which uh, yeah. really we could do it in another segment on. So. By the way, callers, if you have any thoughts on this call in next week when we pick this conversation up with nancy again yes good one more question here everybody to do some research to try and give us a straight answer on this one 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 more question here from the uh from the uh blast from the a-hole before we go on the uh, on a break here this comes from mario mario wants to know why do aliens take cows and gut them i got the answer guys we don't have to take too long on this one yeah because I they make on that, but, uh, they make delicious burgers. Hmm. No, no, no. You notice that they got them. They no. only uh, always gut primarily their reproductive organs. Anus uh, burgers. And, and I'm sorry, and, and what else? Yeah, the, anus no, that, Nancy, burgers. Right. Nancy just no, no. Hit my right whole on thing is, is if they're gutting out reproductive <laughs> organs, they've <laughs> actually been able. You know, scientists have been experimenting using um, 
pig's reproductive system as well as cow reproductive systems to die to um not digest i don't know what the right word is to gestate uh human vaccines hum- and babies human vaccines and maybe that's it or maybe even human babies on the larger scale i mean you think about it how many times have um people been abducted and you know, sperm is taken out or eggs are taken out and then they're dropped off and they're not growing themselves or anything. But, um, you know, they come back or they get reabducted and they say, here, this is your baby. Maybe they're using the cow or the pig or whatever uh, reproductive system to gestate it like in you've seen the Man like of Steel movie, like the Genesis and, tanks. Yeah. And, and why does the baby have eight teeth? Because it's um, a cow baby. Yeah, that's uh-huh. going to be a really weird bra. So, um, with that, folks, we got to go on break. Uh, Nancy, (laughs) thank Thank you for joining us. Uh, Mario, that's your answer. And uh, that's Blast Through the A Hole for the week. Uh, Nancy Burns, uh, thanks for joining us this week. Yeah, thanks for joining uh, us next week. Great. Thanks. Bye. See you Definitely next week. Hopefully we'll get a little week. bit more organized and we'll get a little bit better, you know, prepared. Yeah. Just Otherwise, we'll be reading Just the saying. news. <laughs> there you go. Okay. And he reads so well English. You right. shut up. <laughs> it's not as easy as it sounds. We'll be back, everybody. This is Sky Watchers Radio. English. This is James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth-oriented discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network, live at 8 p.m. Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly, and CapricornMembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic. Truth is truth. The UFO phenomenon, either we like it or not, is already very much part of our reality. I've been on panels with uh, military people who, you know, claim that they've seen the aliens buzzing our missile silos. They have very large eyes, and, you know, I found their stare extremely difficult to bear. This is Martin Willis, the host of Podcast UFO, and we are here on the Dark Matter Radio Network every Wednesday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is my commitment to bring you an entertaining weekly show that takes a hard look at the UFO phenomena. Are they extraterrestrial? Well, are they interdimensional? Are they time travelers or something we have not even thought of yet? We explore these questions with interesting guests and witnesses from all around the globe. In addition, we bring you weekly UFO news with Open Minds TV, Alejandro Rojas. Thank you for listening, and remember, keep your eyes to the sky. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.
secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Hello, I'm Bruce Pearson, documentary producer, investigator, and co-host of Unknown Origins Radio, which airs each Thursday evening from 8 till 10 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Please join me and my colleague Mark Johnson for two hours of thought-provoking interviews discussing some of today's most intriguing subjects with researchers, authors, and eyewitnesses on a range of topics. So whether you're a newcomer to the community of exploration of the unexplained or a seasoned veteran and investigator, I'm sure you will find interesting content and concepts on Unknown Origins Radio right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network. And I encourage you to check out the entire lineup of unique programming here on the network. There's truly something for everyone. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to sharing our fascinating guests and their topics on Unknown Origins Radio, Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern here on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Remember, Future Theater can be heard every Monday night at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Bill, that's me, and Nancy, I, Caramba, Burns, and we are broadcasting live right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Breaking the walls down. This is radio. This is what people want. To download the podcast, make sure you go to www.futuretheater.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to Skywatchers Radio right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. And with us now is the guest of the evening, the one, the only, one of our favorites, Mr. Scott Allen Roberts. Welcome back to Skywatchers, sir. How are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's been a couple months. Uh, What's been new in your world since last time we spoke? Oh, man, a spring has sprung here in the last couple of months, that's for sure. No kidding. 20 below zero to 70 degrees is really nice. That's like a 90-degree difference when you think about that. Really? And, uh, that just in a matter of a couple of weeks, you know, well, it wasn't 20 below two weeks ago, but it just seemed when it snapped over, you know. So spring is here. That's new. Uh, all kinds of stuff still going. Just busy, you know, busy all the time. How's Intrepid Magazine going on? Intrepid Magazine is going great. We've had a few hiccups in publishing issues along the way, and we're I've we're not heard, prou- yes. we're not proud to announce that, but we're uh, we're we're okay with announcing that. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes uh, when you're a one man show with a second man that comes in that lives in Egypt and works a an archaeological site, you <laughs> I don't know how you feel. It's we ha- it's kind of funny. We as we affectionately say, we throw all the doo-doo against the wall to see what sticks underneath this big umbrella of everything we're trying to do with the magazine, the trips, the symposium, the books, the and everything. And then we do our regular stuff that helps keeps the lights on. And uh, there are days you say, wow, I could either use three of me or uh, I need to just go fishing. And Choices, uh, choices. Choices, choices. So, yeah, the our production schedule suffered a little bit through uh, 2014, but we've actually got two issues coming out consecutively here over the next month. So just to play a little catch-up. And uh, we never thought we'd be in that place. When I started this thing, man, it was bang, 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 bang. That thing was out four years ago when we started. And this last year really got uh, got the best of us in some of the, uh, the busyness going on, the travel and the business and the, all that stuff. So... You know, no now, excuses, speaking, but but there it is. But now, speaking of all that stuff, I mean, you you, you do a lot of travel, man. You're a, an extremely busy man, extremely busy. Uh, I mean, it, it, at any point, are you going to see yourself a little too busy to continue that magazine? 
You know, I don't want to see that. I, the, the problem with the magazine is that I create it. I do all the work on it. I do all the, I don't write all the articles, but I edit all the articles. Uh, John does some editing when he can. He contributes things. Um, he works on the sales and the business end of things, um, which frankly, it's, it's kind of, uh, some days it's like, man, I got to put this aside till tomorrow. I don't have time. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But I, I do have another artist. Uh, he was actually a guy that I worked for about 12 years ago. Just phenomenal. Taught me some great stuff along the way. And uh, he is totally willing to come in and take on the creative direction of the magazine. And uh, we got him going on the issue that's almost ready to go. And then we just dropped off. We stopped talking. I had a couple of things I wanted him to change. And he asked me, he said, so are you just not willing to let this go? And I said, no, that's not it at all. I really want you to do it. I'd like to get it off my plate. And uh, not that I don't love doing it. I just have so much to do. And uh, But we we just, that, that issue dragged out for about four months, and we just could never come get it done. And finally, uh, we we're just having to rearrange uh, the schedules a little bit and just uh, get him to do an issue. I'm going to do an issue. We're just going to crack a couple out because we've got all the articles just stacked up. And uh, all it is is just implementing everything and putting it all together. So, boy, there's now, more many, business magazine talk I've ever done on radio. Yeah, no kidding. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> That's what we do here on uh, Sky Watchers Radio. Mm. We talk business. No, but uh, no, not only the magazine, but you've been involved now. You've written how many books? Have you authored or or have been a part of? I I have authored myself um, three books. Okay, and uh, then one with John Ward. And then I did an anthology, two anthology pieces for uh, New Page Books. Yes, and one of them, actually one of the first books that I uh, became aware of you on was uh, The Lost Civilizations, uh, yes. Secrets of the Past, which was a, an ensemble piece with a lot of people contributing. Yeah, uh, there was Von Daniken, Micah yep. Hanks, uh, uh, I think uh, Nick Robert Redfern. Shark, Nick Redfern, yeah, all kinds Sora. of people. Okay, and one of my favorites who passed away, Philip Coppins, uh, was yes. part of that also. Such a nice man, Philip Coppins. We we had him on uh, uh, on the show here, and he was just a gentle gentleman, a really nice guy. He's an he was an amazing man. He he wrote the foreword for my mm -hmm. second book with New Page, uh, the Reptilians book, and uh, um, that was just before he passed away. And uh, so wow. we had gotten to know each other pretty well. Not you know we weren't like buddy's going to go buy a cottage together on the beach or anything but we knew each other well and and we became friends and uh, i got to tell you there's a lengthy story that i don't think i've ever really told on air so i'm not even going to get into it too deeply other than to say there were after his death for some reason the i remember the day after he died when i found out it hit me so hard and it's not that i don't emote as a guy, but I'm a guy, you know, we don't go, oh, that was a great movie. You know, we just don't do that now. Right, right. But uh, um, it hit me really hard, and I, 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 was, I just wept for two days. And Micah Hanks was actually here visiting for about uh, almost two weeks, and he was here at the house. And, and uh, he got a little worried, and I didn't even realize how bad it had taken over. And I did not understand why Philip Coppin's death had been that deeply emotional to me and uh um i i had to just put it out of my mind i had to push it away and you know like guys do you know we we, we suppress it we push it under and mm -hmm. uh um yep. a couple of weeks later i was in egypt and uh i had an experience in egypt that hit me um and uh the same way it was uh, regarding the character that i thought was moses when we were writing the exodus reality and i was at his tomb 
and this man named Senenmut, and I, I was standing there in the broad, broad daylight, uh, sunshine on the desert floor and standing in front of the sealed tomb. And I think I lit a cigarette and I said something like, so Senenmut, are, are you Moses? Moses, are you Senenmut? Did you even really exist? <laughs> Just a nonchalant cavalier question to the wind as I was lighting a cigarette. And bam, out of left field, this emotion hit me just like that and just huh. overtook me. It took me a half an hour to, to walk up, back up the stairs, uh, back out of the gully where this, this thing was and this tomb was. And uh, I got to tell you that the two emotional experiences, I didn't realize until a couple of months later how they lined up. And it, it, Philip Coppins played a big part in it. And it was just, it's so weird that I don't usually... I've never really talked about it on on air, other than just in vagaries. But uh, that experience was uh, it convinced me of one thing: I was I was either on the right track, or I was close to the right Definitely track. Definitely off track. <laughs> I, I will it's tell one you or the that, other. I will tell you this: I was told by his uh, his widow. At, mm. boy, it's weird to say it that way, but I was okay. told by his widow a couple of months later that she said, "Did you know that Philip?" And this was not. She didn't even know what this experience I had at 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 uh, Sun and Mutt's tomb. But I told her about what happened when Philip passed away and how it gripped me emotionally. I wasn't sure why, and and she said, "Well, you know, Philip and I we were working on a book before he died on the relationship between Sun and Hatshepsut." And I said, "Are you kidding me?" And she said, "Well, yeah." And Philip kind of felt that he was a reincarnation of Sun and Mutt. And I said, "You got to be effing kidding me." <laughs> and, and then we talked all kinds of other details. And again, I'm, I'm telling more of the story than I usually tell, but it's a long story. But I got to tell you, the, there started to, to come out some uh, congruities between the events and some things on a spiritual level that you can't say, here is my academic, scholarly, researched opinion on this. You can't do that because it was a spiritual experience. And uh, it was one that, that convinced me that I was at least on the right track and convinced me that somebody was there. And it's very interesting. So hmm. anyway. now I have a, I have an interesting story with uh, Philip Coppins that uh, might take you back a little bit, Scott. Uh, okay. You know, we had, well, I wouldn't say we, cause this is this years ago. Uh, I had Philip on my uh, other show that I do, the uh, Inside the Jackal's Head, which is the original show that I started doing years ago. Right. And uh, he was a guest on that show on November uh, November 19th, I believe. November 19th, 2011. Oh. Okay. Now, follow along here with me. November 19th, 2011. He passed away on December 30th, 2011. So our 2012, my show, my, 2012. Well, no, it was 2011 when he passed away. December 30th. Well, he, he was at the Paradigm Symposium 2012, October of 2012, and then he died two months later. Are you sure about that? Yeah. That was our very mm. first Paradigm Symposium. Uh, well, I'm pre- well, it might have been 2012, but either way, November, December, the point I'm getting at 2012, December 30th is when he died. He, that's the day he died. Right. Uh, December 30th is also my birthday. Oh. Now, here's the crazy part. Um, I was thinking about having him back on. It was uh, almost a few months or a year later, exactly to the day that we had him on, on, on my show. And I reached out to try to have him on the show and, and contact him. And he had just passed away. It was right on my birthday when I called uh, oh, a year man. later. And I was going to have him on for, uh, I think it was for April. I wanted to book him. And when I tried reaching out, they had told me, oh, he just passed away yesterday. Yesterday, was, yeah. Which blew my mind. Wow. I, I, was ter- I was just, you know, in tears. 
Such a I nice know. man. Just a, just a nice, nice, nice man. He was uh, a good man. He was a good guy. Uh, and a great interviewee also, by the way. Yes, great, I interviewed great him once. Interview. Yep. Uh, uh, interviewed him. He interviewed me on his radio show, his little podcast. And I interviewed him on, uh, uh, we didn't have Intrepid Radio at that time. I think I interviewed him on tape for an Intrepid uh, magazine interview. So when his book, uh, oh, what was the one uh, on aliens? The Ancient Alien Question, or, or Enigma. Mm. The Ancient Alien. Enigma. The Enigma, right, yep. Now, have you uh, been in contact with his wife, uh, Kathleen, at all over the or- you know, she, she was going to come and speak at the Paradigm Symposium 2013. That's actually why I was talking to her after oh, no, I had been to Egypt in 2013. And that's when all the stuff came up, the comparisons we were making. And uh, um, But uh, uh, we haven't kept touch since that. Uh, she, she wasn't able to come and speak, and we just uh, our contact dropped off. Just a, a, a... Yeah. Terrible uh, passing, but uh, you know that book though that you guys uh, contributed to was you know really interesting to me because look I'm not a big follower of Eric von Daniken and moving on from the sad conversation for a minute uh, yes. I'm not a big follower of uh, Eric von Daniken's uh, work because uh, to me a lot of it is kind of uh, you know not provable really uh, but yeah. there's some really interesting stuff in there uh, you know go over your section of the book for a second and what you wrote in there. Uh, sure. You contributed to the uh, to the entire project because, like I said, there was a lot of people that contributed to this. Yeah. Thing. The book came yeah. out when December twenty second on twenty eleven, right? Uh, twenty twenty. When did that come out? My book came out. Uh, the, I, I I tie them together. Uh, my first book with New Page Books, the ne- uh, the rise and fall of the Nephilim, came out on February twenty twelve. So yes, okay. it came out the the season before that, uh, the winter season before that. So it was uh, late uh, two thousand eleven. And That's the reason I tie that yeah. together yeah. is uh, uh, when I had gotten my, my contract to write uh, The Rise and Fall of the Nephilim with New Page Books, it was actually a good friend of mine, I'm sure you know her very well too, Marie D. Jones. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, brought, I've had her on the show. Yeah, yeah she good friend. She brought me into her publisher, Michael Pye, over at uh, uh, yep. New Page Books, and uh, introduced me and said, Scotty's uh, writing a book on the Nephilim. And I remember he, he sent an email back the same day. And what she said was odd, even the day of the week that it was, because he's not usually available. And he sent back an email saying, how serendipitous. We were just looking for somebody who could do a book on the Nephilim for us. Have Scotty send his stuff over. So I sent my proposal over and had a a chapter written and an introduction, I think, was all I had. And uh, uh, they looked at within two weeks, I had I had an advance and a contract. And uh, but as I started writing that book for the deadline, uh, they came to me and said, would you mind writing a, a, about a 5,000-word article for uh, this Lost Civilizations anthology book we're doing? And uh, so I stepped aside and I did that, and I, I proposed a, a topic, and he accepted it. Um, it was on uh, – now, they retitled my article. I, I, I entitled it something like The Other People, and uh, they retitled it. And I don't have the book in front of me, so I can't tell you remember what it was titled, but it was all about – Cain from the the book of Genesis and the Garden of Eden story, the the brother okay. to Abel. Cain murdered Abel and went off and built a city. And uh, uh, as I wrote about in that, and I, I was a little flippant in some places for the purpose of writing, but I went into some research and cited some things and so on and really dug into the account. But uh, I said it's very interesting to me that this story, if it's true, if there was an Adam and an Eve and they had sons, Cain and Abel, 
which are uh, uh, you know hinge hinge pins of the creation story uh, for uh, uh, Judeo Christianity. Um, that Cain uh, uh, and Abel were the sons of Adam and Eve, the first two sons. Uh, there was nobody else, so there's four people on the planet, and Cain murders his brother Abel. Oop, chicken scratch out Abel. Three people on the planet, and then it says he he runs off and he marries a woman and builds a city. Who's his woman? Who's Where the she woman? Come from? Who's the woman? Now we <laughs> can the we can we can <laughs> speculate, and of course you have your. Um, very evangelical crowd or your your very uh, uh, biblical crowd that will say, well, obviously it was one of his sisters or a cousin, you know, who knows how many generations had passed and how many children have been, you know, and they lived longer back then. So I forget hundreds of years they were living. Right. So. so maybe Cain and Abel were 380 years old and there were already dozens of other brothers, sisters, cousins, extended family. And, you know, he just married his third cousin or something, you know, the one with the cross-eyed. And uh, um, but to me, that's as speculative as saying maybe there was other civilizations. Oh, no, it right. couldn't be that because that's not what the Bible says. Well, the Bible doesn't say he married his cousin either. It just right. says he married a woman. It says he left. He went east to the land of Nod and married a woman. And there he built a city. And the city was uh, Uruk is what he named it. Or, right. Uh, and uh, Uruk is uh, the base word. Same was on fire. For, Iraq. Rook was on fire. No. Yes, and it means Iraq, and right. uh, the city that he built, uh, according to the Bible, the biblical well, Samaria passage, was that's originally Samaria, by the way. Yes, reason, no, no. right. Yes, and uh, the Garden of Eden. If you look at the biblical story, I put maps in the book and or in, in the book. I, I I mentioned a lot of this in the Nephilim book, but uh, there was right, a map right. that I I did along with it. That if you look at where the the biblical account says the land of Eden lay. Now, of course, this was pre-flood, so if there was a great flood, it, how much of the land shifted and how many rivers shifted and so on. But it, it said, you know, that, that Eden lay between uh, the Tigris and the Euphrates River with the Gihon on the north and the such and such on the south and so on. Pishon and the Gihon, I think. And uh, um, you can, those rivers are all still there today. And with satellite technology, they've found some of the original courses that the river used to flow. And it's not really all that far off. And so if Eden existed there, you can pinpoint the place. And, of course, in, in there, uh, east of there, is there, there's a um, – uh, he went to Nod, which was – there was another uh, um, word uh, in ancient linguistics that, that stood for the same thing. But he, he goes to Nod. He builds a city. It ends up being where current day – I believe it's uh, Uruk or uh, um, Eridu. And some of those cities, I'm, I'm a little rusty on my facts on that. I have to go look them back up. It's like Einstein said, I never bother to remember anything I can look up. So Yeah, I'm don't not, ask me to validate you because I, I wouldn't be able to, to be honest. I'm not uh, forgetful. I'm just a genius. <laughs> so, Alan, uh, you're Jewish. Any of that make any sense to you? No? It does. Uh, I was recently reading a book uh, called The Gold of Exodus, and it talks about uh, when the Jews left or the Israelites left the uh, left Egypt, and while they were wandering around for forty years, um, they actually supposedly in the Iraqi desert might actually have the real Mount Sinai, uh, or where where Moses came down with the two tablets. I've read um, that book, by the way. I've got it here in my show. Great, great book. I mean, they they found enough. They found unique scorch marks and minimal radioactivity 
on the um, summit, not to mention 13 or 12 pillars that would have corresponded to the 12 tribes that were traveling with Moses. Now, is this so, this is the mountain in – it's actually in Saudi Arabia, isn't it, across the Gulf of Aqaba? No, 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 no. It's in Iraq. Oh. Yeah, Cause, so – Because there's a mountain that is – if you look at the Sinai Peninsula and, you know, they, they have like St. Catharines, the traditional Mount Sinai. Right. Um, you know, you've seen it in all the pictures and stuff and the, back, the, 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 the lavish backgrounds to movies. And right. that movie sits kind of on the east of central Sinai. But you cross then the Gulf of Aqaba, the, the Red Sea is on one side of Sinai and the Gulf of Aqaba on the other. And if you cross right. over that into Saudi Arabia, they've got this site that has, uh, um, I think, Hebraic, pre-Hebraic writing on the rocks. They've got the mountaintop. They've got the charred mountaintop. It's actually darker stone up on the top. They've right. got uh, calf symbols that are drawn all over the walls. Um, really? The golden calf. Uh, that would and be, where is this? This this is uh, in Saudi Arabia, just across from Sinai. I'm just wondering side. if people are, you know, I'm just wondering if the, you know, in the prehistory people are duplicating it, you know, well, just you wonder. to say that this is a holy, you know, the same way, you know, this is a holy site. So, right. you know, give us money. These are holy relics. Donate to the well, church. It's apparently or the, closed whatever. off in Saudi Arabia. You can't go in there. You go in there, you can go to jail. Um, really? They've got it all fenced off. But there's the 12 pillars are there. The, and, and there's guys who've actually gone in and done video work. There's some guy that's famous in the evangelical community who's done this. And uh, he okay. and his son were actually, I think, in prison for a while in, in Saudi really? Arabia many years ago because of this. But he's hmm. got the films. And, and, and it's very interesting. They, they make a very good case. Now, John Ward and I, my partner in, uh, in uh, Intrepid and everything we do, and he's also my co-author on right. – uh, the Exodus reality, we both came to the conclusion that a little mountain called Serbit el Khadim uh, is. The, the, um, thank you. Indeed. Yeah. Can you say that again? Allergies. Serbit el Khadim. Hold on. We'll is that contagious? Tissues. Yeah. It, it could contagious? be if you, if you stand too close. Okay. But uh, we've been up on that mountain. We, we went, I've been twice now. And. Uh, it's uh, if you go to where I believe the Red Sea crossing was, which was, as we all know, anybody who's studied it at all, I should say, it, the Red Sea is a pretty wide expanse of water. If, if there was some miraculous parting of the water or drying up of the water, that's a lot of miles to cross with, with over 200,000 people. Right. And so, well, what I believe is that the exodus started in Memphis, which is at the mouth of the delta of the Nile, about what is now today about 30 miles south of Cairo. And okay. over off to the east is the land of Goshen, which is where the, the, the Israelites were said to have dwelt. And right. that, that was the fertile area. But from the, the northeast, as you go northeast in that delta fan, there is the Wadi Tumalat, and that's the, the trade route. And you can actually see it in, in – it fills with water sometimes in the rainy seasons. But that's the trade route they would follow to get across the Sinai and over the north tip of the Red Sea. And that Wadi Tumalat takes you to the northern tip, not of the sea itself, but just north of the tip of the Red Sea are the, what they call the Bitter Lakes. Or, okay. and, and a little north was the Sea of Reeds. And now that was the mistranslation in the book of Exodus is that the Red Sea – was the mistranslation. It's just the Sea of Reeds. Interesting. And the Sea of Reeds does have a phenomena that can happen where 
when strong east winds blow in there, it can actually dry off the more shallow parts of the water. And it can happen in a 24-hour period. But then it can come back almost like a tsunami. Now, what's interesting, when you look at the Exodus passage, it says when they were in front of the Red Sea, it says, and Moses stretched the rod out over the waters and a strong east wind blew all night and parted the waters. So it's, mm. it's some interesting correlations. But if you follow that path and go down the east side of the Red Sea, about midway right. down the Red Sea finger there, and then you cut inland about 50 miles, you'll hit the little mountain of Serbet el-Khadim. Now, in this area is where they were doing all the mining 3,000 years ago, 3,500 years mm. ago. There's copper mines, turquoise mines. And Serbet el-Khadim, there's, there's an old site up there. It's the cave of Hathor, the cave to Ptah. Um, Hathor was the patron goddess of Egypt to the miners, but she right. existed long before that. And there's a temple up there, was an active temple with priests, but Hathor is the calf god or the cow goddess of Egypt, fertility, prosperity, things like that. And, right. they made her the, and now, if this indeed is the mountain that John and I believe this is the Mount Sinai of the Bible, that they camped down on the basin down below in the desert, and Moses went up to the top, met with the priests, he carved the tablets. Uh, the people, while they're down below, waiting for him for 40 days. Got remember a little the, too tired. Remember in the passage, they say, it, it reads think? in the passage something like, they come to Aaron, Moses' brother, and they say, where is this man Moses? He's been gone for 40 days. Build us a god. And he, he built a golden calf. Well, in the vernacular, when you translate that and you look at the language of it, it's basically these people are coming to Aaron going, uh... Where's this guy? This Moses, this guy, he let us out. Now we're here. He's up in the mountain 40 days. He's dead. He's gone. Let's build a, a God, uh, build us a God to, to worship. And they build the golden calf. Why? They're at her mountain. Sarabit al-Kadim. Up atop is the, the temple dedicated to Hathor, the calf goddess. And uh, so there's a lot of very interesting facts. But we've been up there, and it's just windswept, quiet. And there's 3,500-year-old ruins that I think we looked at the we, – we stayed in a Bedouin tent that night, uh, and uh, Sheikh Berakat of the region, he put up his, his, his uh, Bedouin tent. We slept on the desert floor, and his sons were out wrapped up in camel hides uh, guarding our tent at night and really? uh, to the full moon. It was very picturesque, very cool setting. But uh, we looked at his guest book. He had like six guests in the last two years had visited there. But uh, this was the mountain that uh, Flinders Petrie, fa very famous British archaeologist back about 100, 120 years ago, thought that this mountain was the mountain of God mentioned in Exodus. And there's a lot of telltale signs up there. So we climbed up to the top of that, and I've been up there twice now, and it's just fascinating every time. You know, Scotty, for all the traveling you do, for all the books you're, you're a part of, I know the one thing that you are you know, most proud of is your family. I mean, how does your family feel about all oh, these yeah. Outings that you go on and all these adventures, man. Because I mean, they, it's got, some of this stuff got to be scary for the family. Some of it is. Um, you know, I started doing this before the last baby arrived, and uh, how did that happen? We had another baby. <laughs> well, and uh, that's, yeah, that's a whole di well, that's a different show altogether. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I'm gonna have to listen to that one. Um, but uh, um, my wife is <laughs> is great with it. She's very supportive of it. You know, it's only when, you know, things are really tense and, you know, something's not where there's not enough time or, you know, something. You, know, you get to take all these trips and I have to stay home and watch the kids. <laughs> right? I'm like, come on. Come on. And uh, I said, why don't you come on the next one? Oh, I don't like to fly, so I'm not going to go. You go. 
And, you know, the husband and wife thing. And I'm not mocking my wife. I'm just making fun of the situation because that's the way we get sometimes, you know. It's like, you know, she'll say bastard. I'll say bitch, you know, and we move on. And uh, when we, we have fun. But uh, she's very supportive of what we do, uh, of what I do. Um, I wish she could come along. We wanted her to come to Egypt this last spring with us. And uh, well, I'm sorry, not spring, this summer. We were going to do, and, and we, we ended up uh, re, rescheduling this whole thing. We didn't even do it, didn't even plan it. But we were going to do a, a five-day or five-night, six-day Nile River tour uh, kind of for 70 people, do kind of a mini paradigm symposium on the Nile type thing. And we had it nice. all worked out with one of the big riverboat companies there. And uh, I wanted to bring Rainy on that, but uh, then she got pregnant. I mean, here you go. I was in Egypt for a month, um, a month, 30 days. And I got back about this time last year. It was uh, oh, about the uh, ninth, uh, the, the 7th, 7th of, of March I got home. And uh, I'm, can I tell a little bit of a racy story? As long as it doesn't get into the foul language. Oh, there's no, no, foul, foul, no foul language. So yeah, like, yeah, we're clean on the language because like, remember this is the the yes. Dark Matter Radio Network owned and operated by Keith Rowland and of course Godfather uh, yes. by Art Bell and we follow those yes. Art Bell well rules. it's it's not we have it's guidelines not bad. darn it it's yes. not bad I, I shouldn't have even prefaced okay, okay, it with good. that because it's not bad well, but I I'm, do like Racy go ahead give me Racy I, I I was <laughs> sitting down in my office the the day after I got back. And uh, I'd seen all the kids, you know, the night before and everybody and everybody off to school and all of that. And I'm sitting down in my office trying to catch up on what's going on in the office. And uh, uh, we've got the little kids are still at home. And the wife runs into the office naked. And she yells, the kids are watching a cartoon. You got eight minutes, buddy. Nice. <laughs> and I, I said, I said, Whew, time to do it twice. And uh um, oh, that's just wrong. But, uh, that's, she, yeah, that's, that's as racy. At least he's as honest, though. <laughs> but that's as racy as it gets. So, anyways, we made we made good time of the uh, the eight minutes available to us, and uh, um, about a week later, ten days later, it wasn't even two weeks. I'm sitting at the computer again. My wife comes up and she shoves something in my face, and it's a pregnancy test. And she said, "What does that look like to you?" And I said, oh, you mean that big blue plus sign? <laughs> and uh, and I minutes, huh? light babies and children are wonderful. I love my family. I love my children. I love having children. But we were planning on being done. And uh, uh, I just, I hadn't taken care of my end of that business. And um, uh, the, the, you know, that's it's where oh, they say got I got the scissors. They say I got fixed, and I say, no, I didn't get fixed at all. I got broken. It was working just fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> but uh, we, we actually sat with face and hands, both of us, for about two days, just almost depressed, not because of the child, but because of pre pregnancy, baby, uh, more, more non-travel time for my wife. And, and you know, and, so the, and that sounded sexist to some people, but my wife's a stay-at-home mom. My wife likes to breastfeed. My wife, my wife wants to be active with the kids, and so she's the one who does that stuff. And so when we have a baby, it's, well, it's yeah, a, you can't really a lot breastfeed. bigger burden on her than me. Yeah, I, I couldn't see you breastfeeding, to be honest. Just that could be well, painful, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's even a bad picture. That's a racier picture <laughs> in my head. Than, but, I uh, just did not need that visual, but thanks there it for sharing is. anyway. You're, you're welcome. But it's out there in the ether now. 
there forever. It's there forever. <laughs> Somebody will come up in you know five or six years and bring that up. You know, uh, there's going to be a funny meme on that one day. Yeah, there probably will be. Yeah. I, hope, I hope you guys don't do memes. Um, but all that to say is, you know, we had a baby, so my wife doesn't get to travel that much with me, and she's still, she she wants to be at home, but she's stuck at home. And, you know, that's one of those things that I wanted to do a show on that. I even like to write a book on that sometime. Is is just that, that whole difference between male and female, our perceptions of families, our perceptions of life, male English versus female English. Um you know, and all the different things, because my, my wife, while she would love to come along, she doesn't like to fly. She loves for me to do it, but sometimes it's just, it's just you get to go do all this stuff, and I don't get to do this stuff. And I say, well, come on, let's go. And uh, sometimes she can go on the, the more localized things, but she doesn't get to travel big with me. And she, frankly, the last time we traveled together was in 2007. And uh, we flew to Washington, D.C., and it was a bumpy flight. We got off the plane. The car rental situation was bad. Everything, nothing worked. And we finally, we got to the mall where we were going to see, you know, the, the, the Washington Monument, the Lincoln Monument and all that. And it's late in the afternoon. We get out of the air-conditioned car. It's like 120 degrees and, and 98% humidity and dew points. And it was just ugh, oppressive. We walked from the Washington Monument to the Lincoln Memorial. I bought her an ice cream cone. There was a, a guy standing there selling ice cream cones out of his little cart. And she said, I want the missile pop, you know, the big red, white, and blue bomb pops. And I got her one. I handed it to her. She Those are good. Those are and really she was so hot and sweaty. She rips it. You could just see her just ready to dig it. She rips off the paper. It's so hot and humid. The thing just went whoosh, bloof, down on the ground. Oh, and she that's looked horrible. At me. She looked at me and she said, I hate Washington, D.C. And oh, I, I thought she was going to say, it's travel. your fault. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> I hate Washington, D.C. <laughs> and I said, come on, honey, I'll get you another one. <laughs> so anyway, all that to say, she does not, she, she allows me to travel. <laughs> it's not as much of a strain as one might think it is. You know, when you're gone, you know, um, well, it's, it's a month at a time can get a little long. Now that there's a new baby, I got to cut that back a little bit. But yeah. Uh, you do a couple, three trips a year for two to three weeks, and that's enough when you get a big family. Um, now, the, reason, hold on, the reason I want to actually you know, get into this conversation to begin with is because obviously the book, you're talking about an ancient, uh, you know, an ancient civilization, ancient ruins, ancient stuff that, you know, that was in the past. Ancient stuff means the past. Now, here in the United States, there is ancient ruins also, and you yeah. guys really don't cover that on, on the book as much. Or at all, really. I mean, but there's a lot of stuff here in the U.S. that needs to be covered. Uh, well, we the, haven't hit any of those topics in anything we've written right. about yet. Now, Why we are. Um, well, first of all, the, the first book that, well, I wrote, of course, about the Nephilim and the Reptilians. Right. And I, mean, I hit yeah, on a. You can only go one place with that. Right. And you can hit on a couple <laughs> of, of American and Mesoamerican topics, you know, when you're writing about that. But to write right, extensively right. about it, you're writing a whole different book. Correct. So, yeah. um, then John and I wrote Exodus Reality, mm -hmm. which is focused on the Moses story. Uh, we had presenting two different, uh, um, uh, in, uh, two different theories on who Moses was and when it happened. And uh, um, so you're, you're pretty strictly in Egypt and, you know, the Middle East. Um, we, we have some projects coming up where one of the books our, our agent wants us to put together is, uh, and it sounds so banal, I remember... Uh, 
our publisher approached us and, and wanted us to do a book on this topic. And uh, we, we actually proposed a book called uh, The Lost Armies of Cambyses, which was following the, the Persian king Cambyses, you know, uh, 500 years before the time of Christ. He sacked mm -hmm. Egypt and so on. Their whole armies disappeared in the Great Sandstorm, uh, Herodotus tells us. Big mystery in history. And we wanted to write that, and, and uh, our publishers said, no, 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 that's a little too heady. Why don't you write the 10 most exciting places to visit in Egypt? And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I, 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 that seems so banal, so different from the Exodus reality, the lost armies of Cambyses, the 10 most fun places to go in Egypt on $5 a day. And, you know, that's what it felt like. On and $5 here's where you, a day? Hold on. No, no, no. And here's where you can rent the camel to take you to the pyramids. So that's right. Fun. That's right. You actually, you almost could live in Egypt for five bucks a day. I got to tell you. The, the I wouldn't right doubt now, it, yeah. The, the U.S. dollar to the Egyptian pound when I was there last year was almost seven to one. So for a buck, you could get seven Egyptian pounds. And everybody wanted your dollars. Um, and it's plus the cost of living is cheap there. Anyway, um, so we, we're, we're putting together for our, our agent a, a variation of that book. Um, a history trippers is kind of the the brand we're going with, and and uh, so we're putting together a a book, you know, history trippers, you know, ten most uh, um, mysterious places in Egypt or something like that, and and uh, so we're starting to put that together. We're working on the lost armies of Cambyses. We've got a couple of other projects we want to get going too, and uh, so uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. Well, no, going back oh, to what, what, America, I, what I asked, yeah, America. you know, how come none of it is, you know, located here in America? How come you guys don't do any research with uh, some of the stuff here in America? Because, look, America has its own uh, American Stonehenge. I mean, there's a lot of stuff here. Uh, right. the, the Coral Castle out here in, in Miami, there's a lot of stuff that is really intriguing uh, for a lot of researchers. I'm surprised there's not more, uh, especially on your end. Well, actually, John has brought up both of those sites. Uh, there you go. Already. Now, he lives, of course, he's British, but he lives in Luxor, Egypt all year round. Right. And uh, when, when they're not doing their archaeological site, they're back in Luxor. And, uh, um, but, you know, as I've, I've announced, as we announced at the Paradigm Symposium, and it's one of those things that takes so long to put together, uh, and there's so much time that people think is just dragging on, and, you know, you don't want to toot the horn too loudly on it, but we presented at the Paradigm um, we were approached by a couple of television producers last year, John and I, and asked if we would be interested. This was through our agent. Uh, they said, would these two guys be interested in doing a TV show, putting something together as a proposal? And so we put together History Trippers. And um, that wasn't the original name. The, the original name was uh, um, Two Guys and an Ass. And uh, <laughs> Sounds like a show I could be on. Us and a donkey. Uh, and I said, you know, we could have a donkey in every episode, and we'll ride it on. And if we're on a boat going somewhere, we have the donkey on our boat. Uh, but anyway, just kidding on that. But it, it ended up being history trippers. And uh, we proposed uh, 26 episodes. And uh, those 26 episodes, out of those, we did a couple in Egypt, and we were going to, uh, well, not, probably not now. We were going to go to Syria, and we were going to go to Iraq, and some of the and trouble had already started brewing there, but Turkey some of those places, but a lot of places in Great Britain, uh, a few places in France. We're going to go to China and follow the the Silk Road, uh, follow the story of the Mercers, um, and then come to America. We had about six episodes here. We wanted to go do uh, um, the Little Bighorn, the, the Custer Battlefield, the Greasy Grass, uh, and do some uh, Native American nice. sites in the upper Midwest. And uh, uh, one of them, uh, we had talked about possibly the Burroughs Cave uh, and 
you know, looking into that mystery. But of course, Scott Walter in American on Earth does a lot of that. And there's almost no point in recapping what he's done just with two different guys. Uh, so anyway, we proposed that. And, and I will say right now, it's, we started this a year ago, drew up the proposal. The first it went in front of anybody, any big networks, uh, was probably August to September of last year. And then we found out around December, well, the big entity turned it down. It was a shoot, and everybody loved it, but they turned it down. I said, why? Why they turn it down if they loved it? Right. I mean, it was the CEO loved it, the vice president. Of, uh, of, Is it because of, it's not sexy enough because it's here in America? Is that I, the reason? We were told it was because it just didn't fit into what they were trying to schedule and put together. It was one of several uh. shows. And so ours got, got nixed. Oh, okay. And I said, well, uh, you know, uh, we were very sad and, and despondent for a week. And um, they said, don't be. They said, this is just the way this stuff goes. As a matter of fact, one of the producers just called me last week, and he said, remember, he said one of his shows that he had done was um, um, the, uh, oh, what's the one with The, the Bachelor. Oh, and, okay. Uh, he, said it, he said, for as popular as that is, and it's, he said it is the number one rated reality show, he said it took us two years to get a network to pick that up. He says nobody liked wow. it. And it kept getting yeah. bumped. Well, right now it's in front of another major network that has a major magazine, and that's all I'll say. And uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're supposed to know if they're going to green light to go ahead on this or not. So it'll be interesting if they do. You know, I shot a piece for uh, a possible TV pilot uh, not long ago with uh, some folks, and uh, that's exciting stuff to to get involved in, in TV. And, sure is. Uh, that that's a, a cool medium to uh, put stuff out there. But you know, it's funny. I don't see a lot. And going back into what I was saying here about uh, the American sites, I don't see a lot of that stuff covered on these shows. Uh, it's always about Egypt or you know overseas somewhere. And yeah, you know, that's why I made that comment. You know, you guys are going to end up here in America because that'd be the reason why they didn't want to pick you up because it, it ends up in America. It's not sexy yes, enough. Yeah. It's not well, sexy. We're not talking about Roswell. I mean, Roswell, really? Let's go back to Europe somewhere. Stonehenge, let's go back. Yeah, Let's yeah. go to Egypt. Let's go to the pyramids. I mean, that's always well, the go-to that, areas. That's, that is the thing, too. It's, it's like American audiences will look at American locations, and especially when you're doing international stuff, too, and like, oh, right. that's, that's not sexy. Right. Um, uh, and for me, even, there, there was a certain part of this. We were asked at one point, uh, would you be willing to do a show like this in just America? And I said, no. Um, I said, no, because John's area of expertise, I said, get Americans. Well, I'm an American. I said, well, get guys that study in America and get them to do a show then. Uh, because we do stuff in a lot of Egyptological stuff, um, a lot of great British stuff. Uh, I said, so, but you know, they, they pretty much went with our idea. The producers did. Uh, so, and I'm still find though, that, that if you have a good mix, if you're going to Petra, if you're going to to Jerusalem, if you're going to uh, to Beijing, you know, if you're going to Cairo and Luxor, and you throw in there, uh, you throw in there the Custer Battlefield, uh, you throw in there um, uh, some places like that in the Americas, uh, you're going to have uh, some very interesting episodes that can be put together. I completely and agree. Yeah. So, and I think there's some interesting stuff, uh, a lot of stuff in America. You could focus a whole show on America, but then again. Like I said, Scott Walter isn't the end all and be all. He's a friend of mine. He lives here in the same town, oh, not same town, same area, the Twin Cities. Uh, and uh, I've I've talked with him a lot. We, uh, uh, I like what he does, but I don't think mimicking what he does 
gets anybody anywhere. He's, he's might not be the best choice of action. No, right, yeah, no, right. No, no. Well, how do you feel about that? By the way, uh, you know, when certain folks come out and into the field and they kind of take over a spot, and you know, not so much take over a spot, but they become like the voice of of a certain individual. Might get be getting older. Uh, for example, with oh, George Tukaloos, sure. uh, he's often uh, the speaker now for Eric Van Daniken, who does less and less interviews these days. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, how do you how do you feel about people like that who are kind of like taking a spot of somebody else as a vo- vocal point? Well, I think that there there has to be when you've got when you've got generations that go by, you, there has to be a passing of the baton to somebody. Um, uh, Eric Von Daniken is now eighty years old. Uh, Correct. And uh, I think he just did a big event for his birthday over in Switzerland or Germany or somewhere and uh, um, had a lot of these speakers there. Um, Somebody like uh, Eric Von Danik and Giorgio Tsoukalos, you look at them and you say, people love these guys. Um, They love the fact that Giorgio is is so connected to Von Danik and that he's picking up that mantle. Now, if you ask, is there a real story behind that? Did Giorgio, you know, squeeze his way into that, or were they truly friends? <laughs> you know, uh, and was there Vandenegan, a passing of the torch moment where where Eric Vandenegan said to Giorgio, "This is now your place," and he gave him like an actual piece yeah. of something. Here is the torch while I set you on fire. <laughs> <laughs> now come and then and that's, how, that's how the air st- stood up. That's how it happened. He, he said to Micah Hanks and me, uh, Eric Vandenegan, uh, three years ago. He said, "You will come to Switzerland and you will sit on my veranda and we will smoke and look at the Alps together." I love so, this guy already. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we, we never did go. But uh, um, so I don't know what the situation is there. I think they're very dear friends. They hang out together a lot. And I don't have a problem with that. Um, uh, I, I tend to find, and, and, you know, when you throw out criticism, you get, you're, you're opening the door to get criticism. Um, in, in the friendliest way I can possibly say it, I, I don't find Giorgio Sukulis to be a Sterling researcher. Uh, I, I think he's a personality that's interested in this field, and he right. has some research that goes along with it. I think what's built Giorgio's uh, career, Von Daniken wrote a book 45 years ago almost, or more, uh, almost almost 50 years ago. It was 68, I think, that book came yeah, out. Yeah, it's been a long Chariots time. Chariots of the Gods. <laughs> yep. um, he wrote that, and that has been his bread and butter the rest of his life. Um, now, now, Giorgio had a magazine um, uh, Giorgio, I don't think he's written a book yet that I know of, but he's got a TV show. Uh, he does the hair, he does all, all that. There's, there's all the, all the qualities of creating a personality, which is good marketing sense. He's doing what Madonna did in a different way. Uh, you know, creating that persona with better and, hair, with better hair. Yeah. And, uh, so I don't know. Uh, I, I used to know, uh, Giorgio a little better. And, uh, uh, but, uh, we haven't talked in three years, but, uh, um, I would say that, uh, he represents for me somebody that's, why not pick up the torch? He's really building his persona out there. He's building what he does. Um, so there you go. Uh, so I don't have a big problem with it overall. I, I think it happens in everything. Uh, you know, uh, there, <laughs> when you have dynasties, you have Kings passing the kingdom to their sons. Uh, so I don't have a problem with somebody picking up the torch, but add something, add another apple to the apple cart, please. When you pick up that torch, that's my thing with uh, Giorgio. Add yeah. a little something else. 
you know, and it's funny because he does have a good presence for like TV and whatnot. He does. I was watch- yeah, he does. I was watching that show he has now, In Search of Aliens, with George Tukus. Uh, it, it's a it's a fun show. I was actually uh, enjoying it. I, I saw it. It was it was a good show. I have nothing bad to say about the show, but again, add a little something else to the to the to the whole field, which he really isn't going to do that if he's just following along what Eric Von Daniken wrote in Chariots of the Gods. Which, by the way, right. I mean, a good book, a good read came out in 1968, a long, long time ago. But you're absolutely right. He's built this entire almost cult like following because of that book. Uh, and a lot of it is his own translation of things. It's not anything that he yeah. dug out out of somebody else's work and said, well, look, this points to this person's work and it contributes to this theory and this is a real reality and they're lying to you because, no, it's like, well, I interpret it this way, what this is. That's kind of what he did with that book. And, you know, that this is where he gets uh, his easy pass on things and as well gets some of his right. criticism is that he says, well, I asked, you know, 233 questions or something or whatever well, that is. And they, I'm just asking questions. But he, he is presenting theory. Uh, he's presenting, well, not even theory. I'd, I'd call it more hypothesis. I think the ancient alien theory, and I don't want to offend anybody or get anybody mad at me, but I think that theory is more a hypothesis than it is an actually worked out theory. Um, it's a hypothesis. It's an idea. Uh, there are things we look at and say this may and this may not. Right. Um, and I am one that always says we, we weren't there and we don't know. And so when you look at any of these kinds of questions of ancient aliens or anything else like this, anything in that what you would call that fringe area, we don't know for sure. Um, it looks like it might be this, but it's like ah, I'm trying to think of an example. When I was talking about reptilians on a radio show a couple of years ago, uh, I was being taken to task by another host on this network's broadcasting station that came on and was taking me to task because um, uh, he said, well, what do you think about all these thousands of pictures out there you see on the Internet of, you know, like reptilians with with uh, reptilian eyes, like Bush had reptilian <laughs> eyes, and Obama had reptilian eyes in this one camera shot. And I said, well, I, I hate to tell you this. I said, I've, <laughs> I've worked in advertising for 30 years. I was a digital artist, and I said, I could make you know, anybody have, I said, I could make you with reptilian eyes in five minutes and post it, on yes, the internet. Not, it's not hard work. In fact, I was watching Photoshop's one on YouTube. Photoshop's an amazing thing. It, it there, there was, there's one on YouTube of uh, a Secret Service agent who works for Obama. Yeah, you see that. that one, and he looks like a reptilian from far away. I mean, like, right. that is so silly. Just so, and so silly. And I just told him, I said, you know, uh, and he really got angry with me. That, <laughs> that I, I mean, he was on air. I can't believe I, uh, you've lost all credibility for me because you can't. And there's thousands of these pictures out there and thousands of people who believe in him. And I said, you know what? Just because you believe in something doesn't make it so. I, I said, I am more than happy. I, I wrote a book about the reptilians, uh, but I leave it open because I don't know for sure. Uh, I said, the experiencers are the ones who could tell you. You know, you get somebody who's had the experience of being with one, meeting one or whatever it might be, and if if the person has credibility, it makes you question, wow, is this really true? Or is it really fake because this guy's an idiot? You know, or or whatever, you know, and, and so you have to look at all of this stuff and say, I can't, I don't want to, one message, somebody asked me, who was it? It was Shirley MacLaine, of all people, asked me on air, she said, what is the message of your book, The Rise and Fall of the Nephilim? What's the message? What do you want people to get? 
And I had never really thought of it in that way before. And I said, well, I think I want them to get is don't listen to what anybody tells you. Um, don't, don't believe something because some guy shows you a photo or some guy has some paper or some guy's written a book on something. Uh, I said, uh, and, and certainly it, this, this really spills over into biblical things for me. It spills over into ancient alien things, spills over to ghost things. Now, I've had a hell of a lot of experience in the ghost arena, if you will. And I still couldn't tell you if what I'm talking to is a ghost. What is it that's talking to me? I don't know for sure. Boy, it sure looks like a ghost. It smells like a ghost. It feels and talks like one. Uh, it seems to know things that this person knew. Um, and all the things, like, and, and I got to tell you, I came in a believing skeptic, and I've come out a believer in those in that phenomenon. But I couldn't tell you with a hundred percent certainty that I know what it is. If I was in a Christian realm, I could tell you, well, it's a demon, you know, that's uh, appearing as an angel of light. Or if I'm from a skeptical point of view, I can say, well, it was, you know, the the, the beans and and crab cakes that you had last night. Right. Um, uh, you know, so. Um, <laughs> There's no way to know for sure. So the point I'm making is you got to sometimes you have to have experience and experience trumps skepticism and and trumps anything and trumps science as far as I'm concerned. But the problem with experience is that it's anecdotal. There's right. no way you're ever going to be able to prove your personal experience. And the day you can, I had a um, Penn Gillette told me, by the way, Penn Gillette used to work, I worked at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival in entertainment for years. Uh-huh. You know, huzzah, yes, my lord, you know, and all of that stuff. And, and uh, Penn Gillette was one of the, that's where he got his start, at Penn and Teller out at the right, Minnesota right. Renaissance Festival. And uh, I was talking to him on the phone uh, a few years ago, and I invited him uh, to come and do a, a paranormal investigation with me. He goes, Scotty, come on, I thought you were smarter than that. He says, what are you doing that for? What a bunch of BS and this and that. He goes, I'll tell you what. He says, the day you get the Pulitzer Prize for proving a ghost exists, I'll come on a stupid effing ghost hunt with you. How about that? I go, come on. <laughs> you know, I said, it ain't that It ain't that bad. Come on, just give it a try. So, uh, um, again. He never I, went, did he? He never went. He never did. Well, yeah. he was in Vegas. And, yeah. Yeah, so. you know, but here's the thing, though. In no sense, he does have a point because there really is he does. no proof that that ghosts exist, that aliens exist. And I got into this uh, this deep conversation with somebody about the alien one because they they're you know wholeheartedly believe that yeah, there is evidence. Uh, you know, all the folks that have stories that uh, about what happened to them, that's evidence. Well, not necessarily. That's people's stories, which doesn't really amount to anything, but maybe circumstantial evidence, if anything. Yeah, there's not real concrete it's, evidence. And, and well, that's, that's the, the problem. Uh, it, it's like I, I said to, uh, and I've, I've told this brief story before. Um, uh, Whitley Strieber was interviewing me a couple of years ago when the Nephilim book came out, three years ago, mm-hmm. and um, um, we were talking, and I said, and now you know who Whitley Strieber is. He's written the book Community, of the follow-up. Yeah, of course, yeah. um, and I said, you know, Whitley, I said. And I don't remember the context of what exactly we were talking about to, that led to this, but I said, I said, Whitley, you are a crackpot. And I said, you know why? <laughs> I said, and he paused and, he, and we kind of laughed. I was saying it very lightheartedly. I said, the reason you're a crackpot is this. I said, you've had experience that nobody else had. They weren't there. They didn't see it. I said, it's kind of like Moses in the burning bush. I said, right. he was there. He saw it. Nobody else was there. But that was his story. And everybody, and there were some people along the way in the account that thought he was a crackpot. And 
I said, I, you've had the experience. You're the experiencer. Right. But trying to convince the world that that is true. It's not easy. Some, some people yeah. believe. A bunch yeah, of people, people think you're a crackpot. Yeah. Well, I mean, how do you prove it? You really can't. There's no you way. Can't. Unless you Unless you grab the alien by the arm and say, aliens, we're going to go to the national uh, press and we're going to go and uh, expose everything. And the aliens yeah. go with you. If that doesn't happen. There's no way to do it. Uh, Scott, listen, we're all out of time here in about a minute. Give us your website so everybody can uh, go ahead and check your stuff out again. Sure. And buy the books on Amazon. They're awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. I would say the best place to find out everything about me is just my full name.com, scottallenroberts.com. And the Allen is A-L-A-N. So scottallenroberts.com. Just like our other guy here, Allen. That's oh, right. There you go. There it Spells is. the same way. There you go. Scott, you're awesome, man. We're gonna, we got to have you back on again soon because, you know, the hour just flies by when you're on. It man. sure just did. I, I feel like we didn't incredible. even talk about anything. So. I know. And we had such a great conversation. Yeah, it was great it's talking amazing. with you, even though I didn't say much. <laughs> well, it was well, great talking yeah. to you, too, Alan. <laughs> even though you didn't even even say too much to each other. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, thanks for having me. I sure appreciate it. You're awesome. Thank you so much for being here with uh, us. Scott. You're awesome. Thank you. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the great Scott Allen Roberts. Intrepid Magazine is making a comeback. It's doing well. Allen, I'm excited to uh, get more Intrepid Magazine. What, how about you? There you go. Unmute yourself. Good job. I was, yeah. No, no. Yeah, I muted myself for a second there. Sorry. Yeah, it Good was job. great. It was wonderful. Indeed. All right. Uh, listen, everybody. Uh, are we off or are we on? Should no, we we're still on. We're, we're still on. Hold on. I'm about to say goodnight. Relax. Calm down. We're about to leave. Uh, next week, we're all going to be live again with our guest, Robert Salas. So please, please, please bookmark that. It's going to. It's already on Facebook. If you guys go to our Facebook page, the event is up. There's a bunch of people who joined it already. Please join our Facebook and like our page. Find us, Skywatchers Radio, on Facebook. And, of course, our website, skywatchersradio.com. Go there. All the links are on there. And uh, just like everything, submit so uh, not submit, but uh, subscribe to our YouTube and all that stuff. But next week's Robert Salas is going to be our guest, and he is a, an, a very, very good guest. Oh, that's going to so be a fun one. Please come back for that. Absolutely. Guys, we're all out of time. This is Skywatchers Radio. This is the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio. And there's a lot more coming up, so stick around for what's next. Soon, it'll be Art Bell. That's very right. soon. Not yet, though. Good night, we still have a little... We have a few more months. <laughs>